This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. On the 5th of September, the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center will be hosting a panel discussion on Holocaust and humor. Speakers include author and historian David Slukey, Associate Professor in Jewish Studies at Monash University, Historian Geordie Silverstein, both based in Melbourne, and Liat Steyer-Livni, Assistant Professor in the Department of Cultural Studies at Sapper College and at the Open University of Israel. David, Geordie and Liat, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. My first question has to be, can humor ever be brought into discussions on the Holocaust? So I, I guess I'll jump in um, as, you know, having edited this book that we're going to be talking about that we all feature in. And we put together this book that basically argues, and we have about um, 15 authors who pretty much in various ways say, yes, it certainly can be brought into conversations and memorialization about the Holocaust. And the key question is, how do you do it in a kind of ethical way how do you do it in a responsible way? How do you do it in a way that respects the victims um, and also recognises the ways in which, you know, victims and survivors lived during the war and afterwards and how their survival kind of impacted future generations? So are we talking about humour among Jewish people during the Holocaust or are we talking afterwards? Um, when we talk about Holocaust humor, we talk about both. First of all, uh, scholars didn't dare to deal with humor during the Holocaust until the new millennium. They were afraid exactly of what you're afraid of. They would be considered Holocaust deniers and cheapening the Holocaust and so on. So the research regarding humor during the Holocaust, and there was humor during the Holocaust among the victims, um, appeared especially in the new millennium, and it's it's keeping on developing. And what about humor of... Uh, the children of Holocaust survivors and the grandchildren and so on. So as David said, when we talk about Holocaust humor after the Holocaust, we must be very, very cautious because there's a huge difference between humor coming from people who are responsible and ethical and who are um, biological descendants of Holocaust survivors or other people who are really concerned about Holocaust memory and still use Holocaust humor. And, of course, there is a, a very thin line between these people and Holocaust deniers and anti-Semitism. And within this broad field of Holocaust humor, you can find both. You can find this responsible humor of people who really care about Holocaust memory and just see it as another path of commemoration, of criticism, and so on. And there is, of course, anti-Semitism and Holocaust denials, and they use tons and tons of jokes. And I just want to remind you this famous uh, conference gathering in Tehran of Holocaust deniers in which they presented caricature about the Holocaust, mocking the victims, mocking the fact that there was a Holocaust. So we must be very, very cautious when we deal with this topic. So let's bring Jordi in here. You are a descendant of Holocaust survivors. Um, growing up, was humor discussed? So, yeah, you're right. I, my Two of my grandparents were Holocaust survivors from Poland. Um, and so what I looked at in, in my chapter was Holocaust humor amongst the third generation, so amongst the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I was kind of studying, I guess, my community of, of um, mem- grandchildren of Holocaust survivors mm-hmm. in Melbourne. And so the jokes 
that we make are less things that we inherited from our parents or from our grandparents and more jokes that we tell each other. And they're not really, they're not jokes so much where there's, you know, a big story and a setup and a punchline, but it's sort of offhand comments um, is more what happens. And it's just kind of points to this kind of excess of memory that it's a way of remembering how truly awful the Holocaust was and truly awful, of course, doesn't do justice to how bad, um, that, you know, how, how terrible the Holocaust was, but it's a way of kind of keeping memory of what happened and what happened to our families and to our community at the forefront of our minds. Um, it's a way of, you know, when you tell a joke, when you laugh, something escapes your body. Like it's literally too much for your body to contain. Um, and so that's what I was kind of looking at is how are these kinds of forms of humor, um, a way of memorializing the excess of the awfulness of the Holocaust, um, the excess of how it has affected us in our lives, but also the fact that these are jokes that a community tells amongst each other. So they're necessarily not things that everybody would find funny. Um, and that's fine. And, and I think throughout the book, you know, a lot of us are writing chapters about things that not everybody would find funny. Um, this humour is directed in very particular ways and to particular people, and it sort of creates communities of, of people who remember together. So, Georgie, in a way, what you're saying, and Liat is saying, the context is everything. So depending yeah. who you are and the context depends on what you can say. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it's also about who is the subject of the joke, that, you know, it's never... In, in this kind of ethical way of making, of enacting this humor, it's not that we're making fun of Jews. We're not making fun of victims and survivors and people who went through the Holocaust. Um, we're remembering them. We're upholding them. Um, and that's, you know, particularly where, um, jokes that make fun of Jews, um, make fun of other victims of the Holocaust, because of course Jews weren't the only victims of the Holocaust. Um, but they're the jokes that are highly unethical and highly problematic and can't be, be um, coped with. Um, I must jump in and add that another very important thing is who is the speaker. Because in Israeli humor, you can definitely find um, humor that I won't say mock, but laughs with the victims, about the victims, but the people who are laughing are Jews who are descendants of Holocaust survivors. And it makes all the difference because there's a huge difference whether if a Jew, a Jewish Israeli makes an Anna Frank joke or a neo-Nazi makes an Anna Frank joke, it makes a whole lot of difference. So the speaker himself or herself are very, very important because in our community in Israel, you can find tons of self-deprecating humor and self-deprecating humor means that we also laugh about the victims and again with the victims and about ourselves but we are the speakers, the descendants of the Holocaust survivors part of a post-traumatic society and it's very it's a huge difference between us and let's say descendants of Nazis or third generation to Germans per se So Jews are particularly sensitive about the Holocaust and for good reason. Is there ever an occasion where a non-Jewish person, whether they're sympathetic to Jews or not, can ever make a joke about the Holocaust? I mean, this is one of the ongoing debates among certainly comedians. And there are some very famous controversies about 
comedians who have told kind of off-color Holocaust jokes and copped a lot of flack for it. And what comedians will often say is, you can joke about anything. There's nothing off-limits, but the worse the kind of topic, so the, the higher stakes are of the joke. So if you tell a Holocaust joke, it has to be funny. And if it's not funny, then that just makes the offense so much worse. So... I, you know, I don't want to sit here and proclaim who can and can't tell these jokes because I don't think I'm the arbiter of it, and I don't know if there is an arbiter of it, but I certainly think it it complicates it if you're not Jewish. I think it actually even complicates it for people who aren't necessarily descendants of survivors. And that said, you know, even as descendants of survivors, you know, you have to sort of be aware of your own positioning and... Again, all those factors that Jordi and Liat have mentioned earlier, they they have to go into every joke, no matter who you are telling it. And it has to be, I think, in good faith as well. Yeah, and by the way, there are controversies also when Jews make jokes, and even when Jewish Israelis make jokes within Israel, there is this well-known controversy about Larry David, who made a Holocaust joke, and then a whole... All hell broke loose, and you can find tons of controversy in Israel when uh, satire shows like It's a Wonderful Country and others uh, air skits regarding the Holocaust, and people are offended, and how dare you, and how could you. So it happens also about uh, Jewish comedians and within Israel itself. So nobody is, uh, can escape this controversy. This is not a... There is no normalization of Holocaust humor by now, which is kind of uh, funny because you can find tons of Holocaust humor all over the world, but it's still very controversial and very sensitive topic. And this is one of the things I argue in my writing, actually, is that Holocaust humor is not just prevalent, but it's almost mandatory for comics who want to show their edginess. So if you think about any American sitcom that you've ever seen since the early to mid-90s, there is some Holocaust joke in there, a Nazi joke, a Holocaust joke. And, you know, one thing I write about is it's no longer actually edgy to write about, or to, to joke about the Holocaust, but it still creates, as Liat says, these major public controversies. Which I think, yeah, during that, the purpose of the joke, right? If the purpose is to be edgy and, and to create controversy, then what what's... What's the comedian doing? Um, and that's what we need to be thinking about. What um, role does play, say, during the Holocaust? I mean, people must have, you said there were jokes during the Holocaust among survivors. As, so as a survival in, technique. So mm. there's a bunch of reasons people joked during the Holocaust. And there's now these ethnographic collections that have brought to like pulled together um, all the different kinds of jokes people told so people told jokes in ghettos they told jokes um, uh, under the Nazi occupation it was a way of coping it was a way of uh, maintaining power it was a way of um, expressing displeasure with say you know in the Warsaw ghetto there's this amazing collection within the Oineg Shabbos archive which was the archive collected by the historian Emanuel Ringelblum and among this just amazing eclectic collection of materials are collections of jokes and often they express their displeasure with the Judenrat, the, the Jewish council who administered the ghetto the, the humour directed towards the Judenrat is biting so the jokes during the war served 
you know, as a way to kind of humanize for, for victims to humanize themselves in a situation of utter dehumanization. And there is also uh, more than a hundred years of research of humor as a defense mechanism. Humor is a very important. This is from Freud's days onward. Humor is a very important defense mechanism. It helps to defend your soul. It helps you it make you feel human in unhuman situation. It helps, and you can see it in tons of research about um, times of crisis, not only about the Holocaust, but wars and hospitals and people who got wounded in wars and so on. Humor is a very, very important defense mechanism. And when I say humor, I mean uh, black humor and self-deprecating humor, and this is what you can find during the Holocaust. You can also find during the Holocaust victims who laugh about themselves, about their poor situation. Of course, they laugh about the Nazis. They laugh about the perpetrators. They um, mock the Judenrat, which um, many people hated, but also self-deprecating humor. And this is this self-deprecating humor which helps them kind of create a wall between them and the poor situation they were in and maybe find something within themselves in a world that try to dehumanize them and um, just uh, acknowledge them as numbers uh, in the camps and so on. So this was very, very important. And the fact that people used humor during the Holocaust doesn't mean that the Holocaust was funny or it wasn't horrific. Of course, it was horrific, but people use various kinds of defense mechanisms, and it was one of them, and it's very a very important defense mechanism. And I'm very glad that this taboo over this subject uh, was released in the new millennium that we can discuss it and understand that people use this kind of uh, humor to defend themselves, and the Holocaust is still the most horrific thing that happened to the Jewish people. You will be appearing on a webinar on the 1st of, um, 1st of September at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. What will you be chatting about? All of this, <laughs> all the things we've talked about so far. And, you know, the, the nice thing is we'll have a bit more time, so we'll really get into some depth about these conversations we'll consider like specific case studies. So Liat will talk a lot more about what happens in Israel, Geordie in Australia, and I'll talk specifically about the US. And we'll bring in some other material that other authors have written about in, in the book that we all appear in. And I think that we'll be able also to bring um, much more concrete examples. For example, I talk about Anne Frank humor in Israel, so I can discuss that, and Jody can bring her own uh, example, and then David from uh, Australia, and so on. So I think when we talk about it with more concrete examples, things can be much clearer. Jody, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I think they covered it pretty well. I think, um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to hearing what thoughts come out of the community in Johannesburg of people who will be coming um, to the webinars, as well as us talking and being in conversation. There will be plenty of time for questions and discussion. And, you know, I'm really keen to hear about whether this resonates or not with the um, people in Johannesburg and, and what experiences there are of Holocaust humour in South Africa. David, uh, just can you give me a little bit of detail about the book that you've written? So the book is a volume that brings together about 15 authors from all around the world, and we look at uh, all different aspects of the intersection between humour and the Holocaust. So the book covers um, many, much of the world. I won't say it's fully global, and there, there's places that we would like to have looked at a bit more but didn't get to, um, but there are chapters that look at 
wartime Soviet Union, that look at post-war East Germany and the United States, that look at Latin America, Australia, Israel, Germany. So we really take a wide lens on uh, the different ways that humour has become part of discussions around remembering the Holocaust, around coping with the Holocaust for Jewish communities. Um, so it's quite wide-ranging, but what brings the volume together so nicely, I think, and, and brings together all of the different authors is this real commitment to try and understand the place that humour occupies within our discussions about the Holocaust. And, and to answer this question of what are the potential boundaries or if there are, in fact, boundaries around this question. So it's quite, in some ways, quite an eclectic volume, but it's also very cohesive in other ways. So um, introduces the topic in a very complex way, in a very delicate way. Nobody who reads this volume will go out and say, hi, it's so nice to laugh about the Holocaust and that's it, because it shows the topic with all its complicity and all its problematic aspects uh, in addition to its um, very positive aspects. So um, I think the readers might come out with many open questions, which are fine, because this is the way we should address this topic, which is, again, very, very complex and very delicate. I agree. It's a fascinating topic, um, something I would have thought of as taboo, but it's something I've always been curious about anyway. So um, thank you very much for joining me. That was David Slicky, Geordie Silverstein, and Dr. Aliat Stier-Livney talking about what they will be talking about, which is humor and the Holocaust, and is on the 1st of September at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. 